Welcome everybody to a new edition of World Report Media's Full Court Press, your girls high school basketball podcast in the state of Texas that is trying not to melt. Today is Wednesday, June 26, 2019. You probably saw, people saw our Twitter feed. We mentioned that we were supposed to be on the airwaves on Monday and coming out today. That didn't happen. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff happened yesterday, so we weren't able to get to the podcast, but here we are. So, again, we apologize for being late. I'm sorry, guys. So, it is an action-packed show for you. We are recapping the week that was in, in hashtag TXHSGGB. Again, I think that should be like a trending a trending hashtag. That should be a trending hashtag. Get it trending, y'all. So it was an action-packed week in Texas high school girls basketball, including lots of off-season events that are including LCU team camp. Also, um, we were out at the TBC State Tournaments and we were able to talk to TBC President Kevin Starnes. TBC uh, also standing for the also standing for Texas Basketball Championships. And again, for those who don't know about the event, um, you should listen to the interview. It's a good interview and gives you a chance, the opportunity to know about the event, events, and you know, um, and the history behind it and what what the plans are for, for sure in terms of the event. Is it's a growing event for sure out, out in the Metroplex and. It has been slowly working its way around the state. It is already hitting up a little bit of Central Texas and hope to hit a little bit more in Central Texas, as well as the trying to get the draw attention to it into Houston, Premier Basin, and Panhandle and South Plains areas. And also um, El Paso. El Paso should join there as well. So if you didn't know, the, sh- the, the show has a Twitter, Twitter account. It is at RRM underscore FCP. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at RRM underscore FCP. These podcasts are starting to become a much more daily habit, which is a good thing, which is, it gives me, you know, I, I've been out of the podcast drinks for a bit, but God's been back in them and most certainly giving you the best coverage there is in Texas high school girls basketball. But we got a little bit of notes for you first. Uh, as there was some big hires a- across states, including in Wall, or Wall hired their head coach, and that was in Kevin Richardson of Kevin Richardson of Canadian. Canadian hired Frank Richardson, and now Canadian have filled their void as. Aaron Marks, the Farwell, now former Farwell girls basketball coach, he now moves over to a Canadian, and he, yeah, he, he has a little bit of big shoes to fill, and and for sure, um, there is a lot of well-respected players and coaches in and the Canadian program, little little names to to little um, um kind of remember. Is Andy Copley? He was on the boys' side. He won, he won state titles there at Canadian, as well. 
And then he also won some at Water Valley. He also won one at Water Valley as well. So, it's so Canadian gets a new coach. And again, it's, pro it's probably been a good long while since Canadian had their had their um, had a search for a head coach there. And also in the Metroplex, Dallas Lincoln has has filled their vacancy with a former familiar face to some in the Metroplex. Darren Samuels. Darren Samuels, uh, formerly coached at Mesquite ISD, where he was known at West Mesquite and then five years at Mesquite Horn. So he also was at uh, he also was at Dickinson in 2007-2008, where he led them in in back-to-back -back state title game appearances. So he is no stranger to success, as as per usual, and and I think he I think it's going to hit the ground running with the Lincoln program there. So, there are your hires from the state as well. Meanwhile, Farwell, they got their guy. It expects a assistant in a panhandle to get the job, as I teased on Twitter earlier today. So, probably we'll get it as soon as early as, early as the first week of July to get it approved. But again, um, expect an assistant in the panhandle to get that head coaching job there. Again, um... Also, some news. If you are in the Central Texas area, you probably heard about this, the, the, the duo of Presley Bennett and Cedar Park's Nicole Leff. Bennett, a Westlake standout, she announced that she was going to head over. To, she's going to commit to Texas State. And it's a verbal commit, and nothing's been signed yet, and the, and the Westlake standouts for sure will be will be a big addition to to the bobs and as well as Nicole Leff. Nicole Leff also announced her commitment a day later and and also she is six one forward from Cedar Park and definitely um if you are a Texas State fan especially on the women's basketball side you're probably drinking some good you're probably out with some friends and having a party because it's a win. It's a big win in, in terms of recruiting off the court in terms of Texas State. I think it's a big win for them, and definitely um, you could see probably you can hopefully we'll see the Texas State program rock, make stock build as the years as the years progress, and hopefully um we're probably seeing it. Hopefully we'll probably hopefully we'll see an immediate impact. In terms of the program, but it may not be an immediate impact. But let it be. Let it be patient there. For, let it be patient, for sure. So there's your news and notes across the states. So we're gonna get into a little bit of detail into the TBC tournament, where we're gonna dive into into now the new state tournament champions, who kind of impressed, and also our interview with TBC. President Kevin Starnes. So without further ado, here's our interview with TBC President Kevin Starnes here on Royal Report Media's Full Court Press. We're here with TBC, is it the president? I guess president? so. <laughs> the president of TBC, or what's known as Texas Basketball Championships, is formerly coach Kevin Starnes. I think once you're yeah. a coach, you're always a coach. <laughs> yeah, I guess that name just kind of sticks with you once 
Yeah, so Con, um, what's your position now? Uh, I'm currently associate principal at Colleyville Heritage. Um, decided to get into that line just to um, mm -hmm. hopefully be an athletic director. Yeah. Uh, be able to, instead of coaching players, primarily coach coaches mm -hmm. and see if we can continue to um, just grow the profession and, and keep good coaches around. And, mm -hmm. Uh, just has always been kind of a passion of mine. Yeah, for sure. And kind of talk about TVC. How long have you? How long has this event been going on for? Uh, this is our sixth tournament, mm -hmm. so this is our sixth year. Um, you know, we started out first year we had thirty-eight teams, and then progressively each year we've added a few more teams to where this year it's our largest ever mm -hmm. uh, at eighty-five. Um, we've got teams from all over the state of Texas, from Class 1 through 6A. Mm -hmm. um, our girls' division has grown uh, this year as well. Uh, still not where we'd love it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, our boys' division is, is large and continuing to get larger. Um, and so, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is to yeah. just get word out there that we want more girls' teams and, and we're, mm -hmm. we're willing to do what we can to get you here yeah for sure and then also it's a great event for you know if you have younger teams you would get more experience on those side as well and then and helpfully and help teams gel as well in terms of looking into the regular season as well yeah it's a great team bonding experience it's a great way to evaluate the growth of your players mm -hmm. against level competition one of the things that that happens in the summer is obviously kids play aau mm -hmm. uh, and that's a reality and that definitely has a place in the game in the off season uh, but in june there's really no um no exposure events no live period events for athletes and so this is a great time for kids to rejoin uh, mm -hmm. their teammates that they're <laughs> yeah. gonna play with in the in the winter uh, and just continue to grow together as a team and just see a glimpse of maybe what they could be or yeah. you know just realize what they need to work work on yeah for sure and on the girls side uh, you got you have your DFW local teams like your Argyles and then you have other teams from Wichita Falls area as well come making right. their way coming too but you know you, you, like we mentioned um like you told me whenever I first walked in the door um, just trying to find a draw from Houston to come up here, trying to find other places like Lubbock area, West Texas area. Mm -hmm. and But, you know, West Texas is so saturated with team camps, with summer leagues. So, you know, but, yeah, another thing that the another guy coach pointed me out is that, you know, it's cheaper to come here than it is rather than an LCU team camp where you're spending at least probably 500 bucks than you are just going there and probably staying overnight, you know. Um, so for those coaches that are like kind of unsure about what like where to put this, um, what will be the main selling points you want to tell them to you know, hey, um, you know, yeah, this is a great great area too, but you get you get you get your statewide area competition well as well. And I think that that's, you know, just like you said, there's a there's a West Texas. There are staples in the West Texas area that everyone kind of goes to. Right. But you end up seeing a lot of the same teams. I think. Uh, whereas if, if you were to come to this, you kind of get a good cross-section. Now, mm -hmm. we'd love to pull from the Central Texas area a little bit more, down in the San Antonio, Austin area, mm -hmm. uh, the Houston area, and the Valley, uh, and really try to get teams. We, it's, this organization is ran by coaches. Yeah. We're not in it 
It's not a cash grab. Now we're, I mean, we we're compensated for our time just like anybody else. But right. but what we charge is, you know, three hundred and twenty-five dollars gets teams at least five games, mm-hmm. and we use two-person crews for part. But then we use three-person of crews for officials for the other part. Right. Um, a lot of teams can get eight or nine games over the course of the uh, of the tournament. So the 325, when you expound that across what, you know, when you divide that up by game, you're really getting a great deal. Um, There are college team camps, and I see the benefit of that, Um, you know, but this is kind of something different. They're playing for eventually, hopefully, a summer state championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the summer camp, or I'm sorry, the, the team camps at colleges, a lot of times those have AAU teams. So if I'm a 4A team and I go to this team camp, I may play a couple of AAU teams, which is not a level playing field for us. Right. So how much of an evaluation do I really get, um, mm-hmm. you know, against like talent? Yeah. Uh, and so I think, you know, that's one of the things uh, we try to create. A, we, we've set up a block of hotels that, that kind of create, uh, that are a little bit cheaper. Um for visiting teams uh, from out of town, uh, and so you know, every we've been very intentional about what we charge and how to provide maximum value to the teams that come. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, we in order to get here, you got to get to the SQTs like you do your football and seven on seven and all that. But you know, um, sometimes there's not enough interest in SQTs. But you, know, but well, be also um, some some main points. Do you probably want to tell other coaches who don't know, unsure about about SQTs? The the state qualifying tournaments or SQTs, uh, those are more local shootouts. Right. Uh, and so a local team hosts that SQT, and mm-hmm. they keep a large portion of the money. They keep all of the gate, all of the concession profits. Uh, and then the entry fees, we get 10% of the entry fees. The rest of that money is used to pay officials or whatever. And then that's also profit. So a lot of times if teams have eight teams in an SQT, they can make up to $1,000 in that one day just by mm-hmm. having eight teams in their SQT. Uh, and so it's a great profit. And so we've had some that have done one or two SQTs. And that pays for everything. That pays for their entry fee for the summer state tournament, Mm -hmm. pays for their hotels, and all of those things. And so it's not money out of their own kids' pockets. They're actually getting money from the visiting teams, and that pays for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, we would love to have more SQTs on the schedule. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, obviously we want quantity, but we also want quality. We'd, We'd love to have eight teams in all of the SQTs or more mm-hmm. if the gym space is available. Um, and so, you know, and that's part of, we, we had a couple that were on the schedule and then they didn't make because they, there wasn't enough interest. Mm-hmm. And, but we had teams that were interested, you know, some teams that were interested, we just didn't have enough for it to make. Mm-hmm. So those teams are scrambling to try and find another venue for their teams to play in. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that if more, what is essential for coaches to understand, and, they, and it, it, it's not that they don't understand it, I think it's a good reminder. If you, we try to get our schedule out in March, our SQT schedule out in March. So coaches, as you're planning out your spring and your summer, go to our website, look at the list of SQTs, and find one or two that are in your area. Put that on your calendar so your kids know, okay, for these one to two weekends, 
I'm not going to play select. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to block it off for my high school team. And then go ahead and block off that weekend for the summer state tournament. Mm -hmm. Because if we can make a, if we can put it on their uh, radar in March so that they can plan forward, then it's much more likely that the kids are going to be interest, they're interested, they're going to be excited, um, and then coaches aren't going to have to scramble to try and get their kids on board. It's going to be a, a expected. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then, you know, looking at the history in terms of, of state champions and all that, it's a good measuring stick in terms of in terms of quality of teams and players and all that. And so kind of going back to the to the selling points, you know, it's going to it should be a pretty good, pretty good in terms of competition wise for for each team as well. Definitely. I, you know, there's definitely a correlation between the teams that do well here. They do well in the in the in the UIL season. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Argyle won it last year. Uh, they're back again, but they won it last year. They won the state championship. Mm -hmm. Brock, they're another one that's very, very high monster girls. Um, you know, and then we've got some some teams, like you said earlier, that are young. They're just trying to find out what they got. Mm -hmm. And so they're so they want to get involved. They want to get the kids on the court against other teams and just evaluate where their players are, growth areas, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that it isn't just, you know, um, the best teams. It's also teams that uh, don't know what they have, but they want to play. They love playing together, and so they just come and compete. Yeah, absolutely. And so for those who are trying to find more information about this event, where can they go to? Our website is uh, www.texasbasketballchampionships.com. So plural there, <laughs> dot com. Uh, I know it's long, but uh, that's what it is. Um, and we update that. We will, um, you know, another thing that we try to do is we'll try to do some fall previews uh, for teams. We have a West Texas one out at um, Lubbock Cooper. Um, we, we're going to have one down in Nacogdoches. We'll have a couple in the Metroplex area. We're trying to get one down uh, in the Austin area. So. That's another opportunity for people to experience something that's run by us mm -hmm. and see how efficiently, uh, just how well run it is, and, and everybody has a good experience. And then that kind of you know flows right into the UIL season. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully they'll just they'll give us a try next spring and summer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all. That's all I got for you. I um, appreciate appreciate you sitting down and chatting about the event. And yeah, we like it too. We like to cover the event and. We, We'd probably be here for probably a life, lifetime, maybe. <laughs> well, and I, I just want to say I appreciate you, and, yeah. and I know that this was an endeavor you started kind of last year. Mm -hmm. uh, and already, uh, you know, you've, you guys have become kind of the, uh, you know, the vehicle that's helped girls basketball in the social mm -hmm. media realm get scores out. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it's really taken off. So I appreciate all the uh, retweets and the coverage and the exposure and everything that you're doing. I think it's fantastic for the game. And, and the more we can do to support young people that are competing and, um, y you know, for their schools, I think the better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, that, again, that's all the time I got. Um, okay. Appreciate you joining us. And, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll catch you right back on this on this little break here on this post-game wrap-up of the TBC podcast. There it is. Kevin Starnes of the Texas Basketball Championships, the head honcho 
as they call it. Again, appreciate him joining us here on Warport Media's Full Court Press. Again, it's a good event. I really do think it is. Um, you get a lot of teams that you probably will see in the latter stages of the season. Whether it's playoffs or it's states, it's a good event for sure. And again, um, a lot of people, a lot of people are trying to save money nowadays. And I think it's a good money-saving event in comparison to team camps. Not saying this is not a knock on team camps, saying oh, team camps is bad, you shouldn't go. And this is not a knock on team camps. Yes, team camps are great for your team, also. But this is also a great event too. So. For those coaches who are trying to do something different or on the fence have, have heard of this event or trying to on the fence or need an extra extra push, hopefully this was give this was an extra push push for you to for you to um try to uh, try to understand the event better and hopefully um get your team to participate in a state qualifying tournament or or a state tournament and there. So again Appreciate Kevin Starnes of joining us. So, sticking with TBC, we got a little bit of wrap up to talk about, including um, who, who, who the state title winners. Um, so, in Division Two, it was it's basically divided up in two divisions. Kind of, it's it it's the as I've said it before, it is the how how football is seven on seven is to football, TBC is to basketball, and it's kind it's sort of getting bigger but it's not as bigger as the boys side and most definitely um the words should spread for sure on on this event so in division two it's just the three it's just a small school bracket which was three eight to one a you had in the state title game brock against Munster. this was a game where these two teams already played against each other once in pool play where Munster came back and won the game and and then Munster took off to a to a hot start. They believe they took off to eleven nothing lead, and then Brock slowly used their defense, and they yeah they it came up big and, and that it came up big in the stretch where the defense really stepped up and made plays to help the offense going and give extra possessions for the Lady Eagles, and that's where Brock came out on top over Munster, but. Again, um, if you're trying to buy, if you're trying to become a person who is really trying to figure out which team is going to do what in the regular season, in terms of seven on seven for football, you like you usually are, you usually don't get the full, you don't get the full scoop scoop on teams, rather in terms of seven on TBC, sometimes you do, you two get your. Full scoop on teams and saying, "Hey, you better watch out for this team." Like on some days, some days when, like for example, Decatur lost to Glen Rose in their quarterfinals at Division One bracket. And again, we'll talk about the winners of Division One bracket here in a little bit. But Decatur beat lost to Glen Rose by three, and that comes to show that Decatur did not have two starters. They did not have two starters, and that comes to show. How somehow, if you want to buy stock on that result, you can. I will, but I would proceed with caution on that if you do, because Decatur did not have two starters. So, 
again, um, it just depends on who's all there. I know some players were there all three days, and some players was was able not able to participate in all games due to various events happening in the summer. And you kind of have to understand that as, as you come to grips with some results. But again, um, it's if you want to buy, if you want to buy in the stock on these on these results of the of the TBC Sturt tournament, I encourage you to proceed with caution on that. Um, so. And again, um, if if a team plays with every single like had all of their players healthy and their presence for that certain competition, you can buy stock into that. I would, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um stop you in doing that. So, so again, if again um, if you're trying to trying to figure out what's happening here with this um. It's yeah, you're gonna have to proceed with caution and some results that you see in terms of on our website there. So again, um, proceed with caution and results in terms of TBC. So going to Division One now, we had Argyle taking on Stephenville again, another rematch where Argyle kind of kind of really had a a tough time in the post in the post. Defensively, where Stephenville's Allie McClendon really kind of really she really shined the lights on her play this this past weekend, and most definitely it came to show that you know that she is she's going to be a beast for the Honeybees this coming season under new leadership and and Jason Hodges, who's basically he's he's from Stephenville, he's coming home, and you know he brings in yeah he's going to inherit a good squad this coming season. Um, I kind of wasn't sure how to feel about Stephenville going into the tournaments. I feel like I was a bit, little bit bullish on them. Um, going back to the predictions, but I think I had them second in the pool if I'm if if, if memory serves me right. But again, um, I wasn't sure what was happening. So after watching them, we ha- I'm start I'm starting to buy into the Stephenville program and. And you know, I am I am I am sold on Stephenville in terms of how well they will probably be this coming season. I believe they had everybody. I think they had everybody there, and I think could probably buy into the results that they had there. But I know Argyle Pro did not have everybody, from what I understand. I don't think they had it. They want and some yeah most of. Probably for the first team, they're probably for full strength in terms of things like Brooklyn Carl played, Ryan McKinney played, Sydney Standifer is back. It was good to see her back on the court for sure. And again, a basketball mister, basketball breathing mister a lot. Say the Texas and basketball kind of mister if you're if you're a general fan. If you're a, if you're a class four A fan, uh, listen to that or from or of a of a team of a class four A team. Again. <laughs> You you probably like you thought that's kind of no bueno, but I can't. I can't um, yeah, basketball needs her. It's for like for a player like her, and definitely she, she's. I think she's gonna be. Just I think hopefully she won't reaggravate the injury later on in the course of the season. But for sure, um, keep or keep going. Keep an eye on. Keep keeping on her though. Hopefully she gets back to. She wasn't a hundred percent. She was slowly recovering there. 
Um, if we had to say, um, maybe a 60%, maybe. And again, you know, um, yeah, she was she didn't play for an entire game. She most of the time she was subbed off and on in course of the turn. So she played in little spurts of minutes uh, from from what we saw. But definitely um it's great to see Cindy Standard her back from her injury. Yeah. And sometimes you ACL surgeries slow you down. It didn't look like she missed a beat. She did not it looked like she did not miss a beat. She she did have really great movement in terms of her of of the guard spot that she played. She had really good movement still, but, you know, I, th- I don't think she, yeah, I'm talking to her dad, you know, I think it's the forward motion that probably gets her. But, again, welcome back, Sydney Standifer. And the teams that impressed, I'll take a look at which top falls rider. Lots of positivity. They uh, In the semifinal, they took Argyle to overtime. And... You know, for everyone had their head in. <laughs> we're talking, speaking to the Glenrose coach, Ramsey Gazal. He had his head on a swivel with his game in, in court two, and then, and then, going on the swivel of the turning his head to court three, where Argyle was playing against Glenrose, against Glenrose, against which against Ryder, and you know, hmm. Ryder has a good up uh, incoming young class that's coming up. They're starting to become talent in the pipeline for for Rojo. And I would say this, keep an eye out for Rojo this year. I mean, it, it would not surprise me if they probably tested at least Abilene Wiley. I would say that. Not sure what Wiley brings back. I know they probably bring back a little bit or a little, quite a bit maybe. But keep an eye out for Rojo, upcoming talents that are de- that are decent. I mean, Argo kind of struggled them, struggled to guard them and t- with their size. But but I think the Argo kind of stepped away from the game with their experience and the think that yeah, sometimes experience is some things that you can't coach. It's totally understandable by that, but. But again, um, yeah, I think Ryder will have probably be a sleeper in four five A. The downside of that, they're paired up with the West Texas Super District when it comes to the by district round. That is the downside. So, however, I do think that Ryder will be a good, a good sleeper pick in terms of the region and and in the district as well. But the it's it's too that district is too deep at least. If and if they get things going, maybe three deep. In terms of the few, in terms of, in terms of the upcoming season, so Riders a team to keep an eye out for. Um, if you're not bought in, Munster is a good pick to go there. Um, Arrow's gonna be decent. They bring back Brianna Kanebi, and also um, Munster also bring back quite a a decent amount as well. And the name is her name's escaped me at the moment of how she played. Yeah, I, I, I'm blanking on it. Um, I am for sure blanking on it, and that is not good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I believe Annie played, and Annie Anderley from uh, she was there 
she did yeah you know, she had some good sh spots i mean there, i mean first day you're gonna have some rust um, um actually i'm um, marty mccoy up on that's who it was marty mccoy had a pretty decent showing there and again i think the lady hornets probably uh, be at least top four in region two you heard it here first Bunster will probably be at least top four in Region Two, and I think if you if if you are not bought into Munster, I think this year is a good year to do so. And yeah, I think it'll be a good year to do so for sure in terms of that, in terms of of this year. Ponder loses everybody; they're gonna be super young. <laughs> Talking to Coach Avery, they are bringing back zero starters. Well, I, I was told there. And Ballinger, Ballinger's on the uptick as well. District 4-3 will be, a, will be a battle between Wall, Sonora, Ballinger too. Um, Sonora's also pretty good, pretty good job. Uh, that is Coach Harris out there in Sonora doing a good job coaching them up and, you know, putting them some workouts. And, and again, the girls' program in Sonora has turned around for the good. I mean, it kind of started up with volleyball making the deep run, and then I think with the hire of Coach Harris at Sonora last year, that kind of really started the tick of, of the up, of the uptick of Sonora girls' program and saying, okay, we want the the boys are good. We're known for the boys, but I think we should now invest more in the girls. I mean, not saying that they were that they previous that their past coaches did not invest in the girls, but you know, there were now now there's coaches that act that that that, that are coaching them up, and some of them are tr are being more coachable, and you know, the girls now understanding that, you know, if the boys can do it, so can we. So I think it's a yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to see to see Sonora the girls program on the uprise in terms of all sports, whether it's track and field and as I mentioned aforementioned volleyball, that kind of really started that uptick. And so really um it's a good thing to see if to from a, a program that was down and I mean down, like I think two seasons ago, Sonora only won one game in basketball the whole season. From what I think, I think I'm, I think it's right. I'm not sure. I have to take a look back at the archives, but again, um, Sonora was down, and to see this program come out from the bottom and work its way up, it's a great thing to see, and for sure, a really good storyline for sure in the Contra Valley. That that will probably be happening. I'll probably be happening this coming season. And so there is your TPC recap. Again, um, we have our day three recap on the website, reportmedia.com, where you can find where you can find um, all the TPC coverage that we that we that we had. Um, probably, maybe thinking about a column. Not totally sure, but 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 for sure, um, definitely, um, definitely great great coverage. From the past three days, including recaps of our thoughts, including um, some previews that we had across the board as well. 
And again, these are inside scoop articles, which means you have to get a membership. Membership is as low as $10 a month. The $10 a month gets you a lot, including full access to rankings, full access to the inside scoops articles that included the TBC coverage that we had this past over the weekend, including a lot more coverage that will come up in season as well, including the t- 10 thoughts across the weekly board is, that happened across the state and T key results that, that were key in terms of the statewide picture in girls basketball there. So we also have coach changes up on the website as well. Um, they need, they are probably need, probably for sure need to get updated. We've been so be, so busy behind the scenes and what was happening with the e-magazine as well. There and also we have Full Court Press, the podcast that is free at the moment. And then also probably thinking about yeah, probably thinking about another podcast that would be premium. Probably Full Court Press Extra. There. So so that did for us on this on this episode of Report Media's Full Court Press off season edition. And again, Again, a whole lot of happenings that happened that past weekend. And again, uh, we have our this week in HSGBB article as well mentioned. And again, um, before we leave, um, we have also have this tidbit that LCU team camp happened. It was it's probably the premier West Texas preseason little little tournament deal to go to. If you're a girls basketball fan, so the way, it, the way I saw it was friendship beat Emerald High. That kind of turned my head. I was like, whoa. Uh, friendship do have really good young, young and upcoming athletes as well up, coming up coming up in the program. Friendship returns only Macy Mannix as a starter. And then Emerald High are Emerald High. They're, they have athletes all across the floor. So the tenor returns. I believe she's gonna be a senior already. Yes, yeah, she's gonna be a senior for the upcoming year. And I saw oh yeah, through the Twitter, she really took a visit to Kansas and all that. So again, uh, that's a good good, good thing for Emerald High to have a player highly touted for sure and to get recognized for her efforts. On the collegiate level and getting a collegiate visit to Kansas as well. So, Emerald High won the team camp. They they beat they beat they avenged their earlier loss in the team camp to Friendship, and now Emerald High came out on top in the team camp to win the it was the blue division what it was I think it was the blue division and then the red division the smaller schools the smaller school portion of the camp. It was shallow water beating the Brownfield team. Brownfield's going to be a sleeper in District 2 3A this year and also in Region 1. There's some rumors that Brownfield will be athletic and young and bring back a little, have a nice balance of youth and experience back and definitely keep an eye out for the Lady Cubs this year. I think they might have something up their sleeve. Coach Wyatt might have something up their sleeve. In order to get the team under the radar, for sure. So there is that for you there. There is your LCU team camp recap. And that is it for us. Again, appreciate everybody tuning in onto this podcast that is coming out on a Wednesday morning for you. So, 
Again, um, visit us on our website, rawreportmedia.com, to find the best coverage of girls' high school basketball in Texas. And follow us on our social media platforms, facebook.com forward slash official, Instagram, rawreportmedia, and Twitter at rawreport as well. And again, I'm Nick Alvarado, the owner of Rawreport Media, and we hope to see you guys on a court near you.